Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You wanna know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Elon Buys Twitter. <laughs> yeah! What's his name? Randy Savage. Yeah, we got it done. We make the left run from us. They were just run and cry in the corner. Yeah. Okay, that was enough. But listen, this is pretty amazing. This is past amazing. Um, I just want you all to know that Elon Musk is the number one troll of the radical left. Number one troll. Anyway, hey, welcome to Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. Um, for those of you are, that are just joining us, whoo, what a day. Mr. <sighs> Mr. Producer, wh what do we got going on here? I mean, he bought it for $44 billion, $54.20 per share. Yep, and they're still freaking out. We have uh, he secured funding a massive amount of it from a number of banks. Yeah, uh, but he is uh, he is making all of them cry in their sleep before they even go to sleep right now. Y you know, I, and and I have to I have to tell you, I'm so happy, and they are losing they are losing their minds right now. They are losing their minds, and it couldn't happen to a better group of people. Cannot happen. So we have the announcement. Let's play A. Was it A one? Let's play number one. The the announcement for Elon Musk buys Twitter. Elon Musk has bought Twitter for approximately Ooh. forty-four billion. He's going to be paying each share of Twitter fifty-four dollars and twenty cents. Um, in a statement released by the company, Mr. Musk said free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. No word on whether or not he would take it to a subscription-based model. Okay, take it down. We don't need to do any more for MSNBC. I, you know, so what I did today is that um, I, I went out and bought a bunch of shares. <laughs> You're investing in Twitter now. <laughs> I, I did invest in Twitter. Um, I did just before the, you know, the, the close because nobody could believe it. So nobody was buying the stock, right? So it, normally it'll run up to like 53 or 52, 50, 53, 50, 53 and a half. Someone will spend a million dollars on it and make a couple points on it and move on, right? Um, so I did it. As soon as I had the feeling that he was going to get it done, there was an article that came out that said, yes, 
They are absolutely going to sell it. He is taking it private. Now, here's another thing I need to tell you guys. Elon Musk is the ultimate, I don't even know how to explain it. Like he, he is one of the smartest men I've ever met. Now you could not like him, like him, whatever. Right? I'm okay with either one. But he's smart because if you take it private, there's nothing stopping you from taking it public again. Did you know, did you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and if you're not paying attention to that, I can't help you. Once he takes it private, he will have to go through another set of IPOs. My guess is, is that he will be cleaning out all the riffraff in Twitter. People in Twitter will start leaving in large droves once they figure out. Now, there's two things that can happen. One, he becomes ineffective in this. Um, my guess is if he takes it private, he takes it completely private, keeps it private, he's going to shrink the sales force and shrink Twitter's um, presence, footprint, as far as people by probably 30 for 35%. I would. I would cut out all the riffraff. And the CEO of Twitter, I would fire him. I wouldn't just fire the CEO of Twitter. I would fire him out of a cannon right back to India. Say, see you, bye. Get out. You un-American crap bag. Sorry, he is. Can't argue with me there. Uh-oh, being told to check out Slack. So we have a guest today. We have a guest today? This is so nice of you to tell me we have a guest today. <laughs> well, you were, uh, you were running around in meetings. We, we, I was messaging you earlier. Uh, but this is uh, this guest uh, I've actually I followed uh, several years ago. He has been locked up for the better part of a year. Uh, and since we're on the topic of Musk buying uh, Twitter and the implications that it has for free speech, the Mockingbird media, and the panic that they're all having, uh, losing control of one of the greatest uh, free speech weapons, uh, we have uh, Austin Steinbart with us. And I will, I'll turn it over and he can give an introduction because he'll do it a lot more okay, justice so, than I so will. Okay, so just so Austin understands, it's not that I didn't know who he is. Um, I just didn't know he was coming on today um, because we don't communicate over here at Conservative oh, Daily you're such Podcast. A hater. You're such a hater. No, I've been working on some other things, but, um, but let's, uh, let's just bring him on. Austin, welcome to the show. Oh, you're, you're muted. Trust me, I know Austin. I met Austin, Austin in at the Deep Rig uh, movie. Yeah, we actually ended up backstage uh, when we did one of our other interviews, and he uh, he informed me of that fact. So I know that you two have met. Yeah, they call him Baby Q. Austin, can you hear us? I can't hear you though. You're muted. Do you have a mute your mute button on? Let's grab that mute button if you have it on your thing. See if it's ever muted. Did you guys test this before he came on? No, he, uh, he jumped right on. Okay. I've got him live. Uh, he's, I'm not getting audio, so I think it's on his side. Austin, I'm going to pull you off screen. Try just refreshing the, uh, the window. We'll try bringing you back on. All right. So Austin um, got arrested, and this is the weirdest thing ever. He got, and, and for those of you that don't know, he got arrested because he had a talk show. He got a, is he good? Yep. All right, bring him on. All right, now can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? We have liftoff. Yes, I can hear you. All awesome. Righty. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Great to be here. 
So tell everyone a little bit about the fact that you were a troublemaker that just happened to tell someone they should call up a business and say, hey, listen, these guys are really, I mean, you didn't really say it. You didn't actually even say that. You just, and then they came after you with a full weight of, of uh, you know, what the radical left does every day, uh, but the full weight of you. Go tell everyone about yourself. Yeah, so um, back in 2020, I started making a YouTube channel. And um, I, the idea of this was to expose corruption, but to do it in a way that was like extremely quick, easy to understand, slightly funny, slightly zany, slightly weird, you know, playing with the YouTube audience, you got, you know, five seconds of people's attention. So kind of like, hey, look over here while I tell you some facts. Um, so I had the zany YouTube channel and I had uh, the backup of essentially what I was saying, the theories I was putting forth. And they were a lot of which based on emails, right? Hillary Clinton's emails, CIA documents, um, a lot of stuff from WikiLeaks, things that sources that I could say are indisputably authentic, and I will stand by that every day of the week. Um, so that was kind of a tangible basis. And then I had the Zany YouTube channel, and the CIA ended up calling up this company that was hosting my documents, the basis for my YouTube channel, and they demanded. We had some of that CIA stuff from Vault 7. And one of the things I've been trying to explain to a lot of people is, hey, remember that gigantic uh, wave of corporate hacks in 2017 where they were just dropping like flies, everyone was having to replace their credit card oh, yeah. system? Yeah, that was actually the CIA's fault because they spent 10 years and $100 billion, billion with a B, developing these you know, world-class cyber weapons and all of those cyber weapons ended up just walking out the front door with the development guides. So, like, if you're an engineer, it's, like, essentially the how-to of how to tweak the software, how to change the software, how to use the software, how to set it up, how to operate it in different environments. Um, so they got totally cleaned out, and the CIA arsenal was essentially out there in the world for everyone who knew where it was at to see and so every hacker on planet Earth could get that, tweak it a little bit, and just go after whoever they wanted to go after. And I feel, um, and my team over here feels, that that was something that didn't get talked about enough. How, uh, and, and we were trying to tie it back to a common theme of, of the CIA saying they're doing something to protect us, like arming the Taliban or the Mujahideen, and it ended up backfiring and that, really instead of protecting us they're just arming all of our enemies and so this is just another classic example of that how in the name of protecting us they end up making us way less safe and giving tools to people that they would have no ability to produce on their own so they were not happy that i was pushing issue on that um another thing that was in there uh i was talking about stand down orders i was talking to a lot of border patrol agents i have some family members who are in the border patrol and they talk about how they get sent out in the desert, and sometimes they'll go out there and be about to make this big bust of these cartel guys, of these drugs, of these human trafficking people, and they'll get a call from the Phoenix Field Office of the FBI being like, oh, that is an intelligence operation. You guys need to stand down. So that's called stand-down order, and the idea is essentially the FBI can just block and tackle for whatever the CIA or their international partners are doing in the United States. And they could just say, oh, that's something we're taking a look at. So everybody else go away. We have jurisdictional supremacy and we could just sit on it and make it go away. Okay, um, so and so ironically enough, the Phoenix field office um, was who I ended up getting in trouble with. So after the CIA told this company to take my stuff down, um, I told my followers, hey, look, we paid for you in advance. Um, this is our stuff. We didn't buy the terms of service of, of this file sharing service. And so, hey, here's their public support and their public uh email 
let them know what we think. You know, like let's let's make this a problem for them. Let's use our free speech to essentially protest them, right? And protests are annoying. They're not meant to be like comfortable, right? So typical First Amendment stuff, kind of in line with everything I've seen for my entire life, right? When I was growing up, you see the pe- the sad PETA video about the animals in the shelter. Oh no, yeah. call these people. Um, you know, if it's the BLM people, oh, these corporations are not towing our lines. Let's, let's hit them up. Right. So it's a very common First Amendment protected tactic that I thought I was employing there. And a few days later, I had an FBI SWAT team raiding my house, blowing down my door, destroying all my furniture, taking everything out of like all the stuff in all the cabinets. They just threw it onto the ground. Um, so just totally trashing the house. And uh, it sounds like something would happen in China. Yeah, exactly. Or Stalinist Russia. And, and, you know, they like to shriek all about Russia. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, Russia. But they do stuff. It's the same way. If, if you, like, you're allowed, you have a, a range of parameters of acceptable opinions. And if you go outside of that, then all of a sudden we turn into communist China or Stalinist Russia real quick. Well, I, I sit outside that a lot. Like, I, I'm way outside of the, that, that realm. I want to hold people accountable. I mean, to me, it's not about... It, to me, it's it's the difference between good and evil. Good and evil. I mean, I'll, I'll use that as an example. Um, Gonzalo Lira, who has a different opinion about what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. I don't know if you heard about this. He got picked up by the SBU. Everyone thought he was presumed dead. They bragged about the fact they cut his head off. And they probably would have, but then they decided that they had to let him go. I did a show where I called out the Daily Beast because the Daily Beast literally, and this this piece of garbage, trans whatever you want to call it, uh, journalist, um, activist, was the one that was cooperating with Ukraine to tell them where he was so that they could go kill him. And then didn't apologize for it, said, ah, I'm going to basically killing an American because Lyra is an American. That is the tactics that the radical left, and that's what they did to you. They did the same thing. Yeah, but now they're using the full force of the police state. So my my little escapade was a, you know, held held without trial sort of a deal. And so, so I went in there in March of 2020, and they did this thing. So, so when they indict you, that's essentially initiating the criminal proceeding against you. They get the warrant, and then they arrest you. They're supposed to indict you within 48 hours. Since it was coronavirus, they arrested me, threw me in jail, and did not indict me for six months. So, so if they don't indict you and initiate the legal process, then there's really nothing you can do to fight back against it because it hasn't even, there's nothing in the system. It hasn't started yet. So well, they how, were doing how do they this. detain you though? How do they detain you for six months? They just get an arrest warrant and then, and then they get unlimited extensions for the indictment. Okay. So it was just a really crazy constitutionally abhorrent situation. Hold on a second. You got detained for six months. Tell everyone this again. Guys, listen to this. This no, is that a was real the first thing. time. I was detained for over a year. Austin, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. When you first said it to me, I go, quit jacking around. What did you do wrong? And you're like, that's what I did. And I was like, come on. I even said it to you. I was like, that's not, come on, that's not real. That's not what happened. You're like, Joe, that's exactly what happened. And by the way, I'm actually not allowed to have a cell phone. <laughs> is that true? I actually, I actually, I just got it back. So I got out, I was on a year probation. And then a few days ago, I got off of that. So I'm allowed to have internet back. I'm allowed to have a phone back. I'm allowed to run a business again. So I'm allowed to like live life and not just be under the thumb of this, uh, Gestapo mafia here. 
but yeah, so, so that was the first thing they didn't, they didn't indict me for a long time. Um, so I was in there for like a month. They were trying to deny me bail. They were saying, Oh, this guy's a super hacker. He's an extreme flight risk. He's got a global network of supporters and he'll disappear into the dark of night. And yeah. by global network of supporters, they meant like, you know, some YouTube followers from like Australia and the UK. Right. <laughs> and so, right. uh, they used that, they spun that into like this crazy thing. Um, but yeah, so, so they, I finally like put pressure on them. They let me out with an ankle tracker, but it was on home detention. So like, if you step one foot in your front yard, you'll go back to jail if you do anything. And then they had banned me from even possessing a device. And this is pre-trial, mind you. So this is like before anything's even happened, uh, I'm too dangerous to have a cell phone. So I literally had to go find on eBay a flip phone that was old that like I could physically get a phone without internet service because they don't even make them anymore. Even the new flip phones have YouTube and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, how are we going to deal with this? So I ended up, because uh, I was trying to get the message out. You know, I was trying to do it in 2020 what I'm trying to do right now, change this country for the better. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to let them stop me. So since I'm banned from this and since I can't have a device that connects to the internet, I'm going to just, I transferred my house arrest to, uh, actually, uh, yeah, I transferred my house arrest to this like Airbnb house so that I could have a little bit more room to walk around. And people, the, the lefty, like, uh, made the daily beasts of the world, the guard drag propagandists of the world were calling yeah. us a cult at the time. So we had an option between like this mountaintop house and this like horse ranch. And I like thought it'd be funny. Like, oh, I'm going to go with the horse ranch. I'm just going to troll them. And, and for my sake, like I'm on this ankle tracker, so I can't leave the perimeter of the property unless it's gated. So I have like room to gallop myself here while I'm on house rest. And so I invited five YouTube channels that I knew were very like down for the cause and loyal. And I said, all right, I can't be on the internet, but I set up a studio in the living room of that house. And I had five YouTube channels come out here and I was writing scripts and they were saying the stuff that I wanted to say. Um, and so that lasted like a couple months. And the only reason I got out in the first place is because I got the press line, you know, in the court, you could say, we want the pitch to be open for the press line. So we had hundreds of people listen in to the judge and her demeanor when she was being listened to changed dramatically. All of a sudden she started to be like, oh, I don't know. So um, I'm on at this horse ranch on house arrest, uh, making my YouTube shows with, with the crew here. And uh, they end up having informants because we have like camera people coming and going. And I was vetting them. I had a private investigator vetting people. Like we were looking into people. We were taking IDs. We were trying to be safe. But they got someone in and they ended up getting a picture of me like drinking a cider, like alcoholic cider. And I wasn't supposed to be doing that pre-trial, even though I wasn't convicted. I was not supposed to be doing that. So they got, they had a hidden camera in my kitchen no. and they got a picture of me drinking a cider after like, you know, months of being detained, just in my own kitchen doing nothing. And so immediately they said, they were like violated my uh, terms of my release and they sent me back to prison. And that stay was about seven and a half months. Wait, and wait, 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 wait. Hold on, stop. Whew. hold on a second. They put a camera in your kitchen. Yeah. All right. So they just were, so you know, were, just, uh, just so you guys know, there there was a camera in my kitchen as well at my house. There's also mics all over my house, and since I know they're there and I don't have anything, there, I just let them stay there. I just make sure there's a lot of pretty cool stuff that though, right? in front of them. It's not really. I mean, been, uh, I, I can see I've how been, it would be for you. But I, I've come to the conclusion that the bad people are going to do what the bad people are going to do, right? And if they want to watch me walk around naked, they are going to get a show. They're going to get a show. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it reminds me of when I was uh, 
when I was young, I was kind of a, a knucklehead. And my parents, they did this thing one time. I forgot what I did, but they grounded me from, like, my mattress and my door. So they, like, oh. took my mattress. I was sleeping on the floor. And then they took the front, the door off my bedroom. And my bedroom was kind of like the first thing at the top of the stairs that you'd see in as you're walking up. So I just made it a thing to, like, I would, like, just sprawl out naked on the floor and just, like, read a book. <laughs> and, and so that lasted maybe, like, two days. They just kept going up, like, oh. And then it's like, all right, you get the door back. Like, jeez. Give him his door, so please. I, I please give him his door. Go <laughs> okay, so you know they called you Baby Q, but you really weren't Baby Q. You were just a truther. But they gave you this this thing, and they basically said that you were misinformation. They said I'm misinformation. So what I'm doing, like my job essentially, is to like turn the Q movement into like a viable, not fringe like entity that is uh, you know forward looking on, on solutions instead of just uh, you know trusting the plan and waiting for something to happen we're trying to say so so we're kind of like rebranding here we're saying this is the quantum movement moving forward our issues are internet bill of rights prison reform um, getting the creative community onto the blockchain right because our pitch to the creative community is listen we want to free you you don't have to be on our side but we want to free you from your corporate overlord they're standing on your neck right now we just want you to do what you want to do. So, so we've had a lot of luck with that. And we're actually, uh, with this quantum movement, as, as we're calling it moving forward, and kind of like making that clean break from the past, uh, we got some candidates, some very exciting candidates that will be running on this. So a lot of the Republicans that think I'm crazy, my, my thing to them is like, listen, listen, I got some awesome candidates. They're going to run on this. And we are not just going to win the Republicans. We are going to take such a huge bite out of the left. We are going to win so many uh, uh, crossovers and with lefties that we are going to, in a Democrat district, win by double digits. And then we'll see how crazy they think I am then, right? And, and so I, I strongly believe that we will have a fantastic uh, case study here to merchandise and franchise out in 2024. Okay. So, so t tell you got to explain this a little bit more. I'm I'm a tech guy, so I understand the the, the tech aspects. But slow it down for everyone for the for the for the layman's on what you're doing and how you're running the candidates. So, so our primary issue is Internet Bill of Rights. Okay. Um, kind of with coronavirus, everybody's seeing that like everything's becoming digital. Uh, people are seeing that's a the bad censorship. thing. By the way. That's a bad thing. People are like, yeah, so, so, but, but we got to protect ourselves, right? Because it's, it's one of those things, and I tell the Republicans this, we can like dig our heels in and try to stop everything, and, and we can hold out for a little while, but like they have the power of infinity on their side as far as technologically. So, so we got to like proactively try to run a little ahead of them and, and anticipate their next move and, and nail their feet to the floor with things like um, AI, with brain interfacing technology, with all these things that are coming to fruition here in a very scary way, uh, we got to proactively seek that out and say, what is the rules for this? Right, right now, there's no thought that there's no rule that says the tech companies, if they have brain interfacing technology, can't just write a thought to your head or read a thought from your head, right? So, so people, you know, a few years ago looked at me a little weird when I was saying this. But uh, if you've seen, like, the Neuralink stuff, if you've seen the self-driving cars that you can put a disc on your head and drive with your mind, if you've seen the computers you can operate with your mind, like, this is becoming a thing very quickly. 
And so okay, imagine but, but those scenario, but those aren't based on see. So again, I know I know a lot about AI. I built a platform that runs neural networks in parallel. I was one of the first people to do that in building out data DNA of the individual. And then I deployed that data DNA on a one-to-one -one basis in order to get people to buy or to consume a product, a service. A, I got them to vote, not vote. I mean, I, I understand the entire concept behind that entire model. But you start talking about the, the thing that you put over your head. It was actually, um, it, it was reading the, the synapses. It was reading the, the, the electronic current in that particular area of the brain. And it was limited to certain functions. Right, so it wasn't really reading the mind, it was reading the synapsis of what you would likely do based on how, you, how your body interacts. In other words, was that sending it to your arm or your leg? Because your brain is still sending that synapsis to those areas. So it's, very, it's, it's actually a binary function, it's not a, it's not a reading your brain. Yeah, so, so what I'm telling you is that that's where it's at right now, yeah. and they are actively developing. Like by, the, by 2030, like they will have stuff that can read your mind. And so we face a crossroads here because um, imagine, imagine the scenario, right? So your phone reads all your texts, phone calls, emails, all right. your metadata, builds this super sophisticated profile on you, and then can kind of send you little things that it knows will direct you in one way or another. Right. So imagine that leveling up and now it can read your memories or your emotions or whatever. And now they can feed you a thought to your head as advertising. Okay. So, Can so I tell people you think I'm a little out there, but I'm trying to say we got to, this is coming and we got to proactively say in advance before it's here, this is what the rules for okay. that are. This is my sovereign space. They are not allowed to uh, intrude on that without our express rent. So, so I would agree with you, but I would, I mean, it's the same thing as uh, Watson. Remember Watson? Yeah. IBM's Watson. Okay. That's total bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Producer. I, actually, to... I grew up with the CTO of Watson, was a dad in my Boy Scout troop. Okay, it's total bullshit. Complete. It, 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 worked off of, it worked off of if then structure. Like the constructs of how that machine learning works was if then. They made it sound smarter by understanding what the future was supposed to look like in that conversation based upon what that person did previously. Right? So it really wasn't that bright. It's just, I, hey, if you walk in front of your foot in front of the other, Right, then it's going to predict you're going to walk a foot in front of the other. And if you trick it, it's easy to trick mm -hmm. that system. Right? Now, the reason why I say that is because people have been talking about what these systems can do, and I've read all the case studies, and I've looked at the stuff even that, that uh, you've all know Harari's put out there, which is pretty scary stuff, personally. I mean, if, you know, talking about the fact that you can hijack the, current, the, the human brain, um, you know, they've been trying to do this for hundreds of years, by the way. Remember, they, they were doing lobotomies and all sorts of other things in order to cut out your impulses or desires. Um, you know, they, it was like mad scientists. So I'm not saying that they won't be able to get to a place where they can influence you in a certain way. I just am, I'm not skeptical that they can get there. I just think by the time they try to get there, God's going to intervene. That's just my whole thing. He's going to be stepping well, in. Well, we are God, I think we are God's intervention. Yeah, well, I would... Okay. I think us, our movement... Uh, us all together, we're God's intervention. Um, and I'm not so worried in the traditional computing sense. I'm more worried in the quantum computing and quantum internet sense. So I'm not sure, you seem like a pretty technical guy. Um, I'm not sure how much the audience knows about quantum computing, but a quantum computer is Are essentially like a completely, completely different kind of computer. Uh, it, it effectively is like a time warping computer. Um, and it's made with graphene and lasers instead of electricity and silicone. And the idea is if you hit the graphene with these lasers a certain way, it becomes massless 
and it kind of escapes the the time continuum that we're on right now. So it can look at like millions of options at once, right? So so in the commercial market, they're in the infancy stages of this thing. And and a few years back, I wanted, when I first made my video, I was talking about a 72 qubit quantum computer. So so zeros and ones are how traditional computers work. Qubits, which could be a zero or a one or anywhere in between, is how a quantum computer works. Correct. And so the the power of the amount of like uh, states it can be in or like examined at at one time is two to the q, like the exponent power. So if there's two qubits, right, it's it's four. If there's three, it's eight, um, and so on and so forth. And their seventy two one seventy two qubit computer that they had three or four years ago. Um, if you do two to the seventy second power, that is sixteen sextillion. So it can look at sixteen sextillion options at one time. So for everybody out there, that's million billion, quadrillion, quintillion, sextillion, 16 of those. So this unimaginably huge number. Um, and, and with this quantum entanglement stuff, there's theoretical uh, papers, and they're trying to, to reach the state of with the quantum internet where they can directly interface with synapses in your brain wirelessly, right? And, and not even through RF, through quantum entanglement itself. So, so that's the stuff that is coming down the pipeline at us. And, and that's the kind of technology where if we let it get here un, unconstrained, then it's already over, right? There is no more freedom. Then, you know, they can essentially just press a button and erase uh, our faith from all of our minds. They can erase our political persuasions from all our minds. Uh, they can do a lot of scary stuff. So I know I, I talk about it in very dystopian terms, uh, but with the movement, we're really just trying to say, hey, look, this thing is coming. It's going to be a thing. We got to protect against it. We had established with the Internet Bill of Rights the sovereignty of our mind. We had to establish the freedom of speech into the realm of the Internet. Because um, one of the things my case exposed was that the FBI in the realm of the Internet is able to go under this weird jurisdiction where it's like this corporate jurisdiction. So they were able to say, in my case, that since my phone calls and emails violated the website terms of service of that company that I was that the phone calls and emails were not legitimate support phone calls and emails that that was the grounds for the wire fraud and the extortion charge that that the FBI was able to okay. apply this company's terms of service so, so I want to I want to close the book on a couple things that you said because I'm I'm a I am a tech guy right? So I'm a subject matter okay. expert when it comes to uh, system architecture and I want to talk about that but first I'm going to read off one of our ads we have for one of our uh, long-term sponsors. So this podcast brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you live in a rural area or if you travel a lot, God forbid something happened to you. Um, health insurance doesn't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight. Uh, but with Air Medcare Network, you're covered. For as little as $85 a year, your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. Now, I told you that I've been a member since, you know, since we started this podcast. They've been one of our big sponsors. Um, I travel a lot, so there's also a package where you can drive that will fly you back from wherever you might be injured, so it, it lessens the burden on your family. But if you go to airmedcarenetwork.com/daily and use promo code daily, you can receive up to receive up to a fifty dollars e-gift card when you sign up today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com/daily with promo code daily. I will tell you that um, there's also a part where you can get an Amazon gift card. We don't do that. At uh, Conservative Daily Podcast, we we want you to go with the e-gift card. We don't support Amazon. Matter of fact, I send stuff back from Amazon all the time. I don't do business with them. 
All right, Austin. I want to get to the quantum computer really quick. I'll put a bookend on that, and we're going to go to the other part where they just basically violated every right in the world and got away with it. Um, quantum computer's already here, number one, right? So when they tell you that the quantum computer's not here, they're already using that as a tool in order to dictate what they do in the future, how they deal with, the, with, with Americans. So in other words, the, the intelligence community knew that, that the 3rd November election 2020 would be stolen. They knew, right? They were a part of it. They, it was a color revolution. It was one of the largest to happen in the country. They expected that we would wear off on this three, four, five months from now. They put in controlled opposition before that uh, under the auspice of the election integrity projects, not the US EIP, but other election integrity projects that were out there. They met with CISA, they met with all these other organizations, and they basically set up a controlled opposition, including what they did in, in, in Arizona with uh, Maricopa County, all designed, and a lot of that it ties back to their ability to basically maneuver through things and know that there'd be enough people in there that would sully the truth. That it would, what they didn't expect is like a Tina Peters. So the quantum computer's been around. It's been around. Now it's just a matter of how much power does that have over the people. And now from the standpoint that they're playing chess on the chessboard, they're actually placing pieces on the chessboard after those have been removed in a, in a very literal sense. So anyway, I know a lot about that stuff. It's scary, and that's why the election systems that they have with Dominion voting systems are so, are so bad because they've been doing this around the nation, and you know they're they're purveyors of lies, in a lot of ways. Okay, so get back to the FBI. They can't do anything with Hunter Biden or any of the other uh, massively evil people in our country, but they came after you because you stood up and said, "Hey, give these guys a call." Yep, exactly. So they said that was wire fraud and extortion. I got three counts of wire fraud, one for phone calls, one for emails, one for social media posts. And then they said that was to facilitate they, the charge I got was interstate communications with the intent to extort. So, so this is another gray area. In addition to the corporate jurisdiction they were able to apply this wire fraud with, they were able to say, even though I shot a YouTube video and I just posted it, I sat in Arizona, I didn't like call across state lines or anything like that. Um, they were able to say that was interstate communications because the, the phone calls and emails that the followers that was interstate communication. So um, the FBI was able to like co-opt the jurisdiction there and kind of um, let it roll. And I was, I was very excited to go to, I mean, I was not excited about the situation, but I was like, let's go to trial. Like, I can't wait to have that jury laugh you guys out of the building because this is totally ridiculous. And anyone with a half a brain can see that. Um, but they just kept delaying. Delaying, 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 delaying. Uh, and the judge several times even said like, oh yeah, I know you have a right to a speedy trial, but uh, I decided that you need more time to prepare. And so just delay another few months, another few months. He just like, he was the same judge, uh, Stephen Logan, that changed the election laws in Arizona, right? Like in the 11th hour that allowed for all those shenanigans to happen. That was my so judge. A traitor, so a, tra man. a traitor to the nation. Yeah, so, so it's just so crazy, too, because, like, so they um, were chopping, like, five-second sound bites of my videos when I was doing the voir dire, trying to uh, see who, like, what evidence was going to be in there. They wanted to play these five-second sound bites, and so my rebuttal to that was, like, okay, play the, play the sound bites. My rebuttal to that is just play the whole video so you can see, like, part of it's a joke, part of it's hyperbole, part of it's YouTube, part of it's facts, right? Like, you can get the context of the whole video, not just through a sound bite, right? Judge denied that. Judge says, no, you, we don't have enough time to watch the full five-minute video, but they're allowed to play the sound bites. 
Well, so come on, you like, can't do that. That's, de that's denying you access to a fair trial, right? Exactly. And they just, so, so I have a whole laundry list of like hard set constitutional rights that they violated and they just did not care through and through. Um, and so finally, after I got arrested in March of 2022, in uh, February, of, or no, I got arrested in March of 2020, in February of 2021, so over, or like about a year later, they approached me and they said, tell you what, uh, we're pretty backed up. Uh, we'll drop all your charges, except for one, extortion. If you plead guilty, we'll let you out of here immediately. We'll expedite, we'll get you right out. If you don't, you know, it's coronavirus. Who knows? We'll probably, you probably have another, you know, one or two years before your trial. I mean, you know, while you're stuck in prison that whole time. Yeah. And so I was thinking about it and another guy that I was in there with who I looked through his court documents and he's another guy who had like airtight exonerating evidence that he was showing them over and over and over again. And they just kept ignoring it. He, he refused because his was a financial crime and he was in a financial industry. So like that would be a career ending thing for him. And so he said, no, like, I want to go to trial. Like, I'm innocent. I've showed you I'm innocent. I want to go to trial. And that week, the same prosecutor as mine delayed his trial for 15 months. He had already been in there for over a year or two. And th that week, they delayed it 15 months because he didn't want to make a deal with them because he just wanted his fair shot at a fair trial. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, if this is how it's going to be, if they're not going to let me have my evidence, if they're going to keep delaying this for years on end, I might as well just, you know, I'm not going to win in the court of law. I might as well just win in the court of public opinion. And so that's what I did. I was like, fine, you can extort me into pleading to extortion, the ultimate irony. Um, and I'll get out and I'll spend a year on probation, banned from the internet, and then I'll get out back out there and we'll regroup and we'll come right back at it. And so that's one of the big things, um, part of the, our movement and part of what we, like our Ken is talking about, is like, these are our bedrock constitutional rights. Your right to a speedy trial, like, that is one of the most fundamental rights you have. And, it, and if they're just ignoring that carte blanche for everybody and they're keeping people for years on end, how are we any different from China? How are we so any why, different from why, Russia, right? So, no so why, haven't you sued, why haven't you sued them on these grounds? Why haven't you sued, these, sued, um, sued them on these grounds of, of uh, malicious prosecution, right? Uh, violations of the Constitution. Why have you not just done a, you know, do it on yourself? The fact that they kept you in there for that long period of time, extorted you to take this, this plea deal, I mean, the deal's already done, right? You're now off of probation. Now go back and say, no, no, I want the whole thing dropped and I want $30 million. I might, I might do that at some point. Um, I am focused right now on like raising awareness around this issue. And while I was in there, I was going around doing a bunch of networking and finding the people who had also had just absolutely crazy situations happen to them. Things that I could like read in their court documents that this is obvious, right? Obviously in prison, you're not just like taking anyone's word for it because everyone has their version of the events. But I saw in people's court documents, there was all kinds of crazy stuff. There was a, there was one of the most egregious examples I could think of was there's this Native American guy, Navajo. And apparently the FBI is bribing the Navajo tribal leaders to be able to go tee off on very low level people. So there was people in there for like two grams of, like they got a sting run on them by the FBI because they were smoking like two grams of meth in their trailer in the middle of nowhere. It's like, why is the FBI spending all this money running a sting on like this poor, like he's clearly not a dealer. He clearly has nothing. He's living in the middle of nowhere, smoking meth, and you guys are going after him. What are you doing? Like, is this really worth your time? So that was one guy. And with that guy, when the evidence, when they seized his evidence, it was two grams. So they to the lab, and this is all in his court documents too. So that's the craziest part that the judges just don't see the obvious facts here. 
When they sent it to the lab, it was two grams. When it returned, it was 35. And so they charged him as a dealer and they put him in jail for like eight years. Wait, 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 wait. It was two grams, went, and it came back. It grew 33 grams. Exactly. And it's documented in the court record. So it's like, this is right in front of the judge's <laughs> face. Like, unbelievable. It's right but it's there. not. But it's not. So, so, yeah, the judges, they just go along. I didn't realize how much the judges, doesn't matter who they're appointed by, whether it's Bush, whether it's Obama, whether it's Trump, whether it's whoever, most of them just, whatever the law enforcement says, that's the truth, and they go along with it. Uh, there's this other guy, this other Navajo. He was having a house party, like a small get-together. You know, his mom, his sister, his family. And somebody showed up that was also super, like, messed up on drugs and was causing problems. So he tells this guy, like, hey, you need to leave. Like, you need to get out of here. The guy in a, like, messed-out stupor goes outside, picks up a galvanized steel pipe, and comes back inside and starts attacking him. And, and so he's in this struggle with this guy, right, fighting in his own house, defending himself. And he ends up taking the pipe from the guy and just, like, giving one good whack and ends up killing the guy, right? But, again, he's defending himself in his house, and he only hit the guy once. It wasn't like he was excessive about it. It was just, like, a heavy pipe that, you know, you get whacked the right way. It's, it's all done. So the FBI comes in. They arrest him. They try to charge him with murder. Again, it's like, is there not tribal police? Why is the FBI handling this right now? Um, so they charge him with murder. He says, no, I didn't kill him. Like, I'm defending myself. So they say 12 years. He says, no. They say 10 years. He says, no. And so this is over the course of like four or five years pre-trial. He's in, it locked up in prison with no bail. So they say 12 years, 10 years. They say seven years. He says, no. And after he rejected seven years, they said, tell you what, we're going to give you five years. And if you don't accept this murder charge, we're going to go, your mom and your sister, they didn't report it immediately when this happened. So we're going to go arrest them. We're going to hold them in prison pre-trial for several years. And we're going to charge them with accomplice to murder. And essentially, you know, we can just keep people in here for as long as we want until trial, right? So essentially, you plead to this right now, or we're going to go throw your mom and your sister in prison. And so they essentially twist his arm, leverage him into accepting a murder charge when this guy attacked him in his own house and he's defending himself like a quintessential American right. Um, so it just there. I, I have a whole laundry list of stories. And so I got a bunch of good surrogates for our movement coming out of there. A lot of them, they originally thought, like, with my political persuasion, you know, I'm a right-leaning guy, um, they thought, like, hey, we thought this was all racist stuff. And when you explained them, like, no, this is constitutional stuff. And one of the things hurting you guys right now is that those feds don't respect your constitutional rights at all, and they just tee off on you nonstop. And, and so the right, we want to say, no, the government can't just come swoop you up out of your house. They have, they have to have these checks and balances, right? They have to adhere to your constitutional rights, which they don't right now. And so a lot of them are willing to come out here and be surrogates on the campaign trail with me for some of my candidates. Very diverse cast, which we normally don't have in the Republican Party. Some Native Americans, some black people, some, some Hispanics, some Spanish speakers. So we got a nice little cast of uh, surrogates for why the United States, why we need to reform the government to make it constitutional with this prison system. So, so the, you know, I'd worked on a bunch of stuff related to the, the school to prison pipeline. I was, I've been heavily involved in in helping young men, and, and I just tell the quick story. A young man basically worked for UPS, has been a friend of mine for a long time. Uh, his brother asked him to ship a package. He worked for UPS, he took it to work, dropped it off, said, sure, I'll drop it off for you. It turns out that there was you know, two ounces of, of, um, of marijuana concentrate. They pick him up at his house and drop him a deal. They fire him from his job. He had no idea what was in it. 
Um, so I went to bat for them and got, I mean, I didn't get all the charges. They decided to ultimately get the charges released, but I, I went to bat for them because it was wrong. They were going to basically throw him in jail. I mean, he's married, has two kids. He's a, just an amazing young man, but he's black. And so, that, you know, there, there is racism, by the way. It's typically the, the people that are yelling the loudest that, that, that there's racist, racist over there, race over there. It's usually these radical leftist pieces of trash that are destroying the inner city. But, you know, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are black, Hispanic, Asian, uh, Indian, who are very, very, very conservative. They just don't know it. They don't know it. They, they don't know that, that, that it's, there's this American ideal that they fit into, where the Democrats and Republicans are both off the rocker on the leadership side, if you, if you ask me. But then 80%, 90% in the middle, those are the real people. And so I think a part of your movement, this is a suggestion that I'll make, is to eliminate the, the left or the right or the, the Democrats and Republicans. These are people that, are, that the prison system collectively has destroyed. And, and I've been in there and watched some nonsensical stuff happen in this deal where a guy that murdered someone gets out in a year, and a guy over here that defended himself gets eight, nine, ten years because he was a good person. Yeah. Bad person, let him back out, let him do it again. Good person, let's keep him in here and make him suffer. It's crazy arbitrary. I, uh, I was also in there with a guy, he was like a 67-year-old, he had an airsoft gun business, and he shipped an airsoft guns somewhere in Hong Kong, which I guess you aren't allowed to do, and they gave him seven years. He was in there for seven years. It was a law-abiding system, ran his own business. He literally shipped an airsoft gun to Hong Kong, and they popped him for that. So airsoft gun. It's just so, yeah, it's just so arbitrary and so ridiculous. There was another guy. He found an elk. Like, we have these special kind of elks in northern Arizona. It was dead already. He chopped off the head and took the antlers of a dead elk, and they were trying to give him 40 years. 40 years. Well, look, I have a friend of mine who uh, was a trader. In 2007, the things fell apart. He lost about $20 million. He uh, tried to go make money doing other things and tried to find other funds that he could replenish that with. They charged him with a uh, Ponzi scheme deal. Great guy, by the way. Great, great giving guy. 43 years. Guy down the street... <laughs> kid you not says ah, you know i'm a good man he's not stole 20 25 million dollars got four years and he was a complete it's, shyster it's so arbitrary and so ridiculous and it just like needs to be revamped from the ground up because we we lock up more people than communist china as a percentage of our population so oh, yeah. We like to talk about freedom, this, freedom, that. But it's like we're not living up to that ideal right now. We're not acting like the shining city on a hill. And I think that's where, um, you know, it makes some Republicans more establishment types bristle. Is like when you say, like, no, we're not acting like the shining city on a hill right now. We're acting like a dumpster fire right now. And that doesn't mean that I don't aspire to make us the shining city on a hill again. But, like, you can't say that that's what's going on right now if you have, like, a rational, open idea of, like, the situation. So... Um, I, my big thing, as far as like my section of this movement is we are trying to win the lefties and the independents. And so we're not as much focused no. on like the traditional conservative crowd. I, we're going in behind enemy lines and we're trying to defect people and trying to help them understand. And we get yelled out a lot. People think we're a little crazy. We have like kind of like goofy antics, but we have a lot of luck in conversions and my crew. And uh, some of the campaigns I'm working on, we have like solid, probably 40% of our crew is ex-lefty. That they are classical liberals. They believe in free speech. They believe in a lot of Blue the dogs. like, you know, yeah, yeah. So, 
So, and, and when you say blue dogs, you got to specify that they're not like the blue dogs in the corrupt establishment, corporate Democrat blue dogs, they're blue dogs in the sense of like, we're practical. We want freedom. We want economics. We want, you know, just the basic stuff. Uh, but they're with us, right? If you look at those vaccine protests, there's the BLM people out there. There's the drum beating hippies. So my, our, our group right now, we're going in, we're trying to massively appeal to these disaffected segments of the left and and kind of turn this movement from a like just a right-wing thing into like this big tent thing and i think donald trump started to do that early in 2016 and they got scared and they scorched the earth so bad with this russia thing because they were scared but i think if we can rekindle that and we can kind of like say listen we agree these right these establishment republicans are disaster they're super corrupt too we don't like them either but but you got to stop like like let's go in this direction let's let's get it in a bill of rights let's protect our freedom of speech let's reform the prisons uh, let's get the creative community to the blockchain let's make our government not so wasteful and corrupt right and because uh, even you see like some of the people that were part of our movement I'm not going to name names but they went in there in Congress and as this you know some of the new hip right all truth or movement sort of folks as the war in Ukraine is breaking out what are they doing. They're buying oil and defense stocks instead of figuring out how to stop it, right? So this is the kind of stuff, like, I don't care who you are. If you're doing this, like, we don't want that anymore. We want to call you out. And on that note, as you were in Arizona, that's where we met, and you were talking about the Maricopa County audit. One of the things that is very frustrating to me right now in Arizona, and that I've been dealing with a lot of candidates around here, is uh, this Karen Fan situation. Oh, yeah. So we have the Senate president of the Republican Party in Arizona, the person responsible for the audit, she essentially got forced into doing it, right? There was all this, um, you know, anger and popular support for that. So she essentially gets forced into this. And, and her and Brnovich, they spend months legally backing the county into a corner to provide the routers, right? Because a lot of things pointed to the database being changed, like cyber, cyber shenanigans. So getting those routers would be our, you know, smoking gun or potentially... So they spent all this time legally maneuvering them into the corner. And two days before the subpoena was about to expire, so that further action be taken, so they have to give us the routers, um, Karen Van mysteriously makes this deal where, oh, they don't have to provide the routers. Whoops. Uh, you know, it's a good deal. Just accept it. A week later, her family gets a half a billion, with a B, half a billion Four, dollars. $471 million. Dollars, $471 million contract. Exactly. And then two days after that, she announces her retirement. So this is the kind of stuff that, like, I'm sick of. Everybody, my, I think everybody my age, everybody of our persuasion and, like, the truth movement, like, we're sick of this. This isn't enough is enough. And, and guess what the Republican Party, like Kelly Ward and, and the whole Republican staff here is saying? They're saying, it's no big deal. You know, we wouldn't have had an audit without her, which is false. We definitely would have had an audit because whoever's in that chair would have had so much pressure they would have had to. And then they say, oh, it was just, it wasn't her getting it. It was her family getting it. And it's like, and to that I say, oh, it wasn't Joe Biden getting it. It was Hunter Biden getting it, right? What a ridiculous and, excuse. So there's a lot of pressure for us all just to shut up and brush that under the rug. And our crew and our candidates, we're not doing that. Like, we're not brushing anything under the rug. If, if there's things going on on our side, we want to call it out just as strongly. Because how can we go to the left and credibly say, like, you need to ditch your people because they're bad if we're not also calling out bad behavior on our side, right? We got to establish that rapport. And the way we do that is we call balls and strikes, even if they're on our team. 
Well, I think that's the issue is that we, we actually didn't get to the bottom of the election fraud. It had nothing to do with, with the Democrats. The Democrats knew that they were caught. The Democrats, have, they know now they're caught. They're passing laws and doing things and calling it disinformation, but they're not our enemy. Our enemy is the establishment leadership that literally has betrayed the American people. That's our enemy right now because they're the ones in Arizona and in, in Georgia in, uh, uh, you know, I'd say Colorado, but it's a, it's a, it's a, they've already cheated here so much that it shows blue, but it's really not Texas, uh, Nevada, uh, New Mexico, I mean, you name it, Michigan, we had, Pennsylvania, we had the ability to take back our, our uh, to decertify these elections in these areas. And the Democrats knew we had the vote. So they went to the Republicans and said, look, we'll give you a $471 million contract. We need you to basically sabotage this. And she did. Karen Fan is a really bad, 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 evil, evil, evil person. Evil person. And, and that's what we're saying. And we get like, like our candidates are with us, but sometimes people in the party, they look at us weird when we say that. People like Mark Fincham, they're calling it out. I was very pleased. Yeah. I went to an event with Mark Fincham. He actually, I didn't know much about him, but he's a very straight shooter. He called it out and he added some to it. So like I was, I was pleasantly impressed with Mark Fincham. Gil Golick's pretty impressive. Um, Jerome Davison's pretty impressive. Uh, there's a lot of people that like are calling this out, but there's a lot of pressure from the GOP it's weird because Kelly Ward came in as like the anti-establishment, right? Not even that long ago. She came in. She's a Trump person, the anti-establishment. We're going to clear out this Republican establishment that's corrupt, and they're just trying to cover up all their nonsense. And then what happens? She's doing the exact same thing 100%. two years later. All right, brother, so I just don't, I don't know how we can have any – if we just let that go, if we just pretend like that didn't happen with Karen Fan, I don't see how we can have any credibility to be like the Democrats are corrupt, right? They're just going to be like, what are you guys doing? It's like when the Democrats tell us the Republicans are corrupt. We just are like, yeah, but like, you know, kind of look at your own team there. It's pretty bad. So um, we want it to be like a new game. We feel like, you know, if, if everybody in Congress was fired tomorrow and we just had a new game, I think things would be better off. Uh, the other thing I think Republicans need to stop doing is like Fox News has got us very scared of AOC. Right. But I tell them. Who would you rather be competing against? Would you rather be competing against a, like, you know, 10th grade IQ champagne socialist? Or would you rather be competing against Nancy Pelosi, like a vicious gangster that, like... Yeah, been, and, and know, whose, whose family is gangster? Yeah, so uh, we got we, we to yeah, cut so, it short so, because we're... we're, we're, we're uh, I can have you back on, Austin. I want to have you back on, but we have a hard stop on Frank's speech. Um, so... I want to hear more from you. So Apollo, reach out to you. We'll get you in the morning as well, because I can run over in the morning and we could really just talk about this plan. And I also want you to connect with FEC United, because I think that you'd, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we can do collectively together. And I'm definitely for everything that you're doing. Uh, my heart is with people that are the most vulnerable, that are betrayed by their community and by their country. So Austin, thanks for coming on. God bless you. And I'll connect with you after the show as well. Thanks for having me, Joe. All right, brother. Austin Steinberg. Hey, listen, great guy. Terrific guy. Um, he is. When I, I was talking with him after that one show, it was phenomenal. I, and, and guys, listen, the reason why I cut him off is I got five minutes. I got to tell you where to find me because uh, we're now on the Frank speech and you guys know where to find me, but uh, many of you may not. So, uh, and we finish every show with a prayer. So we're going to finish this show with a prayer the way we always do. Um, so if that's all right, we'll, we'll go through that first just in case we get cut off. 
So, Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to, to talk to all the wonderful Americans and patriots that we have around the world. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be born in a time such as this. And please, uh, please forgive us for just, I guess, ignoring it or, or, or not stepping up sooner and recognizing the peril and the evil that has permeated our society. Father, go with us, go with us this night um, that we may uh, do your will this week, tomorrow, tonight, and we may uh, be a good example of who you are and what you've done for us. Father, please bless us with, bless our finances, bless our ability to take care of our family, bless our children and protect them, Father. Um, please bless our leaders, even the ones we don't agree with, that they may turn to you. I say all these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we have two minutes still. So now I get to tell you a little bit about you know, where to find us, go through the typical. If you like us, hit the Rumble button. Actually, if you're not on Rumble and <laughs> you're on Frank's speech, you can't hit the Rumble button. Just leave us a comment um, and share this episode. If you want to hear us live, we go live on conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Clout, Hub, and Frank's speech. We are live, live um, on the um, channel on Frank's speech every- Lindell TV2. Lindell TV2. Lindell TV2 um, every day at- uh, Four o'clock Central Time, six o'clock. Four Mountain. Four Mountain. Sorry. Six Eastern. Sorry. Four Mountain, six Eastern. What is wrong with me? Um, also, if you, if you can't catch us on the live version, you can watch us again on some of the other channels as well. If you want to hear us on the audio version, you go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Um, give us a five-star review. And um, if you need a reminder when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. Um, if you want to find me on social, I am not ever going to leave Truth Social. Um, I am going to support President Trump as he has supported us. You can find me at Joe Oltman. You can find us also at Conservative Daily. And we're on now. We are on. We're on. We're finally on. Um, I'm, I've always been on. I've been on. Yeah, uh, we're right. jealous. We know. Um, you can also find me on um, Telegram at t.me slash conservative daily or t.me slash Joe Oltman. Well, that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I want to tell you, if you get a chance to go back and listen to what we did this morning at 9 o'clock, it was amazing. It was an amazing look into uh, the Satanic Temple and what influence they have on our children and giving you the choice and the option to stand in the gap. Galatians 4.16 says, Am I the enemy because I tell you the truth? And we will always bring you truth. God bless you, and I will see you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. God bless you. Have a great night. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Man, what is wrong with me? A lot. That's all right. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. noon Eastern. Sorry, Mr. Producer. Got it straight.